Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the End Zone. I'm your host, Charles Danino, and today we are going to be talking about the top five offensive draft prospects by position. So let's get straight into it. We're going to start off with the quarterback position. In my opinion, this is definitely not the strongest quarterback draft class in previous years, but I do see some potential in a lot of the prospects. Uh, We're going to start this one off with my number one quarterback prospect in the draft, and that is Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. I really think from his 2020 season to his 2021 season, the growth there has been extremely improved. In 2020, he threw for 2,408 yards with 13 touchdowns to 9 interceptions, which is a pretty poor touchdown-interception ratio. Now looking back to last season, he improved his yards all the way up to 4,319 yards. His touchdowns to 42, whereas his interceptions dropped to 7. That's a 6-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio, which is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, When I look back through his game footage, the one game that really caught my eye was when they played the Western Michigan Broncos. Unfortunately, they lost it 44-41, but he played a phenomenal game. He was around 74% completion percentage, 382 passing yards, 6 touchdowns to just 1 interception. I mean, that's about as good as you want out of quarterback. Now let's jump into my number 2 quarterback. That's Malik Willis out of Liberty. I know Liberty's not the most popular college, but Willis has a big arm. He's got raw talent. He does need to improve on his accuracy. He didn't put up as flashy stats as Kenny Pickett, but he still performed really well in the games he did play last season. He had 2,857 passing yards with 27 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. His completion percentage was right around 61% which is why I'd like to see his accuracy improve. But if he could land on a team like the Seattle Seahawks, where he might be able to sit behind Drew Locke for the first half of the season or even entire season, just kind of develop his skills throughout practice, I really think he has a lot of potential. Um, With my third quarterback prospect, I have Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. I know he didn't put up as flashy numbers either, but he's an accurate quarterback. He very rarely makes mistakes and he just knows where to put the ball and when to put it there with that said he did have a completion percentage sitting right around 68 percent through for about 3,350 yards give or take uh 20 touchdowns to five interceptions i think that's really good especially considering the division he played in my number four quarterback is sam howell And had you asked me this after the 2020 college season, he'd be my number one quarterback coming into this previous season. Uh, He went from, in 2020, having a 68 completion percentage with 3,586 passing yards, 30 touchdowns to seven interceptions, to this previous season, his completion percentage dropped drastically, 62.5%. Passing yards dropped as well to 3,056 yards, and his touchdowns dropped while his interceptions raised, whereas he had 24 touchdowns to 9 interceptions. It's not ideal, but I still think he could develop into a starting quarterback. And sitting right at number 5, I have Desmond Ritter, a Cincinnati Bearcats quarterback. I think he's really good raw talent. 
this previous season. As we all know, the Bearcats were a really good, well-rounded team. He passed for 3,334 yards, 30 touchdowns, only 8 interceptions. His completion percentage was right around 65, which is where we like to see it when it comes to quarterbacks. And I really think if he were able to sit behind a veteran quarterback for a year, he could develop his skills and really become a solid starter at the NFL level. Now we're going to get into the running back position. And unfortunately, in my opinion, this year's draft class when it comes to the running back position is not too strong. Um, we're going to get right into it. There's a clear-cut number one. That's Brees Hall out of Iowa State. I mean, he ran for 1,472 yards, 20 touchdowns, which is just insane. And he did not fumble the ball a single time in his three years playing collegiate football. I really think he's one of the more talented backs coming into this year's draft class. I want to say it was his final game of the season when they played TCU where he just decided to go all out. He posted 242 rushing yards along with three touchdowns on only 18 attempts. Granted, he did have the 80-yard run, but still, 242 rushing yards, that's no easy feat. And then with my number two running back, I have Kenneth Walker III out of Michigan State. I think when it comes to the top two running backs and the rest of the class, there's a big gap. Uh, Kenneth Walker III out of Michigan State, he ran for 1,636 yards to 18 touchdowns. He was just a phenomenal running back for the Spartans. Once again, he also did not have a single fumble in his collegiate career. And looking back through his game tape, I think their first game, he just really opened the season with a bang against the Northwestern Wildcats. He had 23 rushing attempts for 264 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns, which is just phenomenal. Granted, he also had the 75-yard run that game, but that just shows their explosiveness. And now when we're getting into numbers three to five, I really think there's a big drop-off here, but there's still potential in rotational running backs. Um, at number three, I have James Cook out of Georgia. We all know Georgia Bulldogs had a wonderful season, ended up winning the national championship against Alabama. With that said, James Cook has about as little wear and tear as you'd like on a running back coming out of college this past season. He only rushed for 113 attempts, but he took full advantage of each and every one of those attempts where he averaged 6.4 yards per attempt, having 728 rushing yards and seven touchdowns, along with 27 receptions, 284 yards, and four touchdowns. I really think he could be a solid rotational back. But moving on to number four, I have Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah Spiller is one of the more dynamic running backs in this draft class. He had 179 rushing attempts for 1,011 yards, six touchdowns, he averaged just above 5.6 yards per carry. I think he was phenomenal for Texas A&M. Uh, standing at 6'1", 215, he's a strong guy. And he definitely has the explosiveness to get the job done. Then, sitting at number 5, I have Kyren Williams out of Notre Dame. I really like Kyren. He's a smaller style back, 5'9", 199 pounds. But he is not afraid of contact. He had 204 attempts 
for 1,002 yards and 14 touchdowns, along with not a single fumble in his three-year collegiate career. And I really think he could translate to being a good rotational back when it comes to the pro level. With that said, let's get into the wide receivers. This year's wide receiver draft class is about as stacked as it comes. At number one, I have Drake London. Drake London's just a big physical wide receiver standing in at six foot five, 210 pounds out of USC. Now, unfortunately, this past season, he was only able to play for eight games, but did he make the most of those eight games? He had 88 receptions, 1,084 yards, and seven touchdowns. 88 receptions. That's averaging 11 receptions a game, which is just unbelievable. I want to say it was when they played Washington State Cougars where he had 13 receptions for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Now I know Washington State's not the most competitive school, but if you want, we can look at the Notre Dame game where he alone was one of the only bright spots for USC. Unfortunately, they lost that game 31 to 16, but London had 15 receptions for 171 yards, and he really tried his best to take over that game, but Notre Dame was just too strong of a team. At number two, I have Garrett Wilson. Now, Ohio State this past season probably had the best wide receiver duo in the last five, 10 years. Um, but I really believe Garrett Wilson is the better of the two. He had 70 receptions for 1,058 yards, 12 touchdowns, averaged just above 15 yards per reception. But with that said, in their game against Purdue, he made sure to let everyone know how good he is. When he racked up 10 receptions, 126 yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, I don't know what more you could ask for out of a guy like that, especially with Purdue being a top 25 team. So it's not like he was playing a bad team, but he definitely made the best of his opportunity. He followed up that game actually against Michigan State University, where he added seven receptions, 126 yards, and two more touchdowns. And then followed that game up with Michigan and added 10 receptions, 119 yards, and another touchdown. This kid's just an extremely explosive player, and I really believe he's going to be one of the top wideouts come this draft class. At number three, I have Traylon Burks, probably my favorite wide receiver in this draft class out of Arkansas. This past season, he was able to rack up 66 receptions for 1,104 yards and 11 touchdowns. Average around almost 17 yards per reception. But I remember the Alabama game where he just wanted everyone to know who he was. That game was just phenomenal. I believe he ended up having somewhere around eight receptions, about 180 yards, and I want to say two touchdowns. He really tried to carry his team to success. Unfortunately, if I remember correctly, they ended up falling to Alabama 42 to 35. But that was just a phenomenal game out of Traylon. Um, sitting at number four, I have the other Ohio State wide receiver, Chris Olave. Chris Olave is a guy I really like. Super fast. He's versatile. And he's there when you need him. Uh, he had 65 receptions, about 936 yards receiving, and 13 touchdowns for Ohio State in his senior season. I really believe he's going to take his collegiate success and it's going to translate well in the NFL. 
wherever he ends up landing. And to round out the wide receivers at number five, I got Jamison Williams, Alabama. Um, had he not gotten injured in the national championship game, he would easily be my number one receiver. He had 79 receptions, 1,572 yards to 15 touchdowns throughout their 15 games, well, 14 and a half if you want to count the injury in the national championship. But he's about as explosive as they come. Standing in at 6'2", about 190 pounds. He really carried the torch that Devontae Smith left behind in Alabama. Just to show how talented those receivers really are. Then at tight end, for tight end number one, I mean, I think there's no doubt about it. It's Trey McBride, Colorado State. He had 90 receptions, 1,121 yards to only one touchdown. But... I mean, a team he was on may play a role in that. But regardless, 90 receptions, averaging about 12 and a half yards per reception. It don't get much better than that when we're talking about a tight end. Uh, sitting at tight end number two, I personally have Greg Dulcich out of UCLA. I think he's a wonderful run blocker. I think he can improve a little bit on that. But when it comes to getting open in the open field... I think he's phenomenal. He had 42 receptions, 725 yards, five touchdowns, average just above 17 yards a catch, which is amazing when we're talking about a tight end prospect. Sitting in at number three for the tight ends, I have Jelani Woods, Virginia. He's not the most flashy tight end, but he's six foot seven, about 260, 265 pounds. He ended up racking up 44 receptions, 598 yards, and 8 touchdowns for the Cavaliers. Sitting right above a 13.5 yard per catch. So, I think his success could translate in the NFL. With that said, though, I really don't think this is a super strong tight end class. But sitting at number 4, I have Derek Deceys Jr., San Jose State Spartans. 6'4", 235, slimmer tight end. But he's also a lot faster and agile when it comes to being in space. This past season for the Spartans, he racked up 47 receptions, about 730 yards and four touchdowns. He kept his average right about around 15.5 yards per catch. Uh, I really think he could be a solid rotational tight end. And with the right mentorship, he could develop into something special. Rounding out the tight end class for me at number five, I have Jalen Weidermeyer. Texas A&M. Weidermeyer stands in at about 6'5", 250, 255 pounds. He racked up 40 receptions for 515 yards and four touchdowns. Not a super explosive tight end, more of a possession type of tight end. But I think in this day and age of football, that's kind of what you like to see in a tight end. He's solid blocker. Good at getting open, especially on the short to intermediate routes. I really think he could have some success when it comes to the league. Now, when we go about to offensive tackles, I think this is about as strong as a class as there's been in the last decade. My number one is Evan Neal, Alabama. Six foot seven monster. I, I don't really think there's much more I need to say about him. He's got fluent footwork. He's just really solid when it comes to the pass blocking game and even better in the run blocking. Uh, at number two, 
I got Icky, you know, Icky Ikwonu at North Carolina State. A lot of people say he might be better than Evan, personally. I think their career trajectories could end up on a similar path, really, as long as they both stay healthy. I couldn't see why they both can't be pro ballers in their first or second year. At number three, I have Trevor Penning, Northern Iowa. I think Trevor Penning's a big guy. I think he's got super smooth footwork. He's able to slide in and out. He's quick to pick up on a blitz. He's a strong guy. I really like him. At number four, probably my personal favorite offensive tackle in this draft class is Charles Cross. And no, I'm not only saying that because we share the same first name. Uh, Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. He's just a big, mean guy. He attacks every play with the same amount of ferociousness as he did the previous one. I'm really curious to see where he ends up. And then at number five, this was a tough one for me just because I feel like the top four offensive tackles really are the cream of the crop, so to speak. But at number five, I have Bernard Rayman out of Central Michigan. I think he's a solid tackle prospect. I really think he could end up the top of the second round, maybe the bottom of the first round uh, in this year's draft class. Uh, he's pretty solid when it comes to pass block, needs a little work on the run blocking, but he really moves fluently when I'm talking about his footwork, of course. Uh, with that said, I really believe this is a strong offensive tackle class, so we'll see where they all end up. And then we're going to go to the offensive interior linemen. That, of course, is the offensive guards and centers. Kind of combine them into one ranking, just to keep it a little simpler. Uh, at number one, I got Tyler Linderbaum, center out of Iowa. I think he's probably the third best offensive lineman in this draft class, right behind Evan Neal and Iki Iquanu. He's fast for a center. He really reminds me of Jason Kelsey from Philadelphia, just because... He's got the speed to get outside if need be on a run block. And he's extremely strong and versatile right there in the middle. At number two, I got Kenyon Green, who I think personally is the best offensive guard in the draft class coming out of Texas A&M. He's about as good as it gets when it comes to the run block. Maybe could use a little bit more work on hand placement in the pass blocking. But he's a super strong big guy. So I think he'll have success when it comes to the NFL. At number three, I got Zion Johnson out of Boston College. I really think him and Kenyon Green are without a doubt the best guards in this draft class. Um, with that said, I also think Johnson could be a solid center. Uh, he's got the proper footwork. He knows hand placements properly. And he's just a big strong dude. Sitting at number four, this is kind of where we take a, a minor drop-off. I really had a tough time between four and five, but at four, I ended up putting Darian Kennard out of Kentucky. I just think he's stronger than my number five pick. And with that said, at number five, I got Jamari Slayer out of Georgia. Uh, he was a big part in them winning the national championship. He was a solid part of that offensive line, and he's really just... A big, tough guy who's not afraid to get his hands dirty. I really hope you've enjoyed my take and opinion on the top five offensive prospects by position entering this year's NFL draft. And I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of Inside the End Zone. I hope you have a wonderful and blessed week. Enjoy. Enjoy.